Welcome everybody on this civic holiday here in Cambridge, coming to you live from Cambridge, Ontario. Um, from our dining room. From our dining room. This actually is going to be our last week uh, coming from our home as we go back live streaming from the church. Uh, we're looking very forward to doing that as we uh, start to slowly reintroduce people back to being together as a community. Um, those days are approaching. Um, hopefully this D variant does hold off and we can get back to what we all hope, back to, you know, life as normal. Although I don't know if it'll ever be normal as what it was pre-pandemic, but um, those days will come. We look forward to it. We look forward to seeing you all. Um, but I've, I've really enjoyed doing this little bit of time at home here. It's been, it's been wonderful to have these guests that we've brought in from around uh, the world. You know, last week we brought in uh, the Snells from Brazil. Uh, the previous week I was coming from Hartford and uh, we brought in Jaden from Cambridge. And um, it's, it, it's just wonderful to, to be able to stretch across boundaries and continents and be able to just share and connect. And this has really changed how life will be looking forward we can do this you couldn't do this 10 years ago no. and, and here we are this is this is the new way of doing things is that you can stretch across there's any boundary now which has been wonderful you could you could be up in vacation be in the Muskoka's you could be down in Florida and we could all be live together and it's it's, it's just been it's been a real fun time um hanging out being in your living rooms and uh connecting with you all these last couple of weeks I really really enjoyed doing this Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Sweet. Okay. So, so as we transition here, if you're writing, if you have a piece of paper or you write anything down, I or if just say these words out loud, this is the common theme that we're going to go back and forward today. So the word discovery, possibility, and perspective. We'll say that one more time. Discovery, possibility, and perspective. And perspective. All right. All right. We're going to play a little game um, for those that are on um, YouTube and Facebook here. If you you can use that function where you can do the chat and whatever comes up, well, we can bring it up. We can we can do a little live stream. We can make this interactive, which is such is part of the great thing about this being live uh, using digital technology. We can all communicate here. So I'm going to say a trigger word. And, and here's what I wanted to do. I want the thought process and I'm going to play this with Tabitha, but you can play it at home here too, is when I say the word, mm -hmm. I want you to say out loud, what is the first thing that you think of that is either a discovery or a possibility? <laughs> Everyone get your fingers ready. Yeah. Thank you. Get your fingers ready. <laughs> All right, here we go. First word is seed. Oh, a discovery or a possibility. Um, when I think of the word seed, I think discovery-wise and possibility, new. New. Very nice. What do you guys think? Flower. Flower. Thanks, that's, a, that's, Amanda. That's, that's a good word. Yes. All right. We're going to keep playing this. I'm going to do about five more, okay? Okay. So next one, fun word, diapers. Contained mass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It. Yes. Uh Excellent. Contained mass. So guys, what do you think with regards to diapers? Possibility or discovery? discovery? 
when I was young. Support. Love oh. it. Laura, that's a good one. Support. Well, with, with, with diapers now have like these catch-alls and they take away all that moisture. But I grew up in the cloth era <laughs> and the cloth era, you know, it's just hung there and you had to get changed. If you didn't get changed, you'd like, you know, you get those rashes and stuff. Like, so, so true. I mean, technology has really supported <laughs> things here. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Ready? All right. Ready? Next word. This this is this is a cool one. I like this one. Okay. okay. So discover your possibility. A kiss. Affection. Yes. Yeah. A it's kiss. It's a discovery of affection. It reminds me of, I think as a young child, how gross it was. I remember my grandmother <laughs> coming to me and she she would come with the smart it was my great grandmother, and she would come with those smarties. And we wanted those smarties so bad, but we had to kiss her first. <laughs> And all four kids of us were like, ooh, ooh, I can't, I don't know if I can kiss her. And it was like, she'd hold those Smarties and she's like, you got to kiss me. You got to kiss me. And uh, it went from being something that was gross to something beautiful later in life, right? Mm -hmm. um, intimacy. That's, yeah, yeah, intimacy. That's it, it, awesome. it can be absolutely beautiful. All right. Okay. Let's, let's try another one, okay? One more. Okay. Um, hot water. Warmth. Warmth. I knew you would say warmth. Because I'm always cold. Yeah. So warmth, discovery, uh, like for me, it's discovering that warmth, that that like, oh, I can relax. Hot water. I think of the ingenuity of, of humankind. I go back, it's like, go pre a hundred years. They never really had hot water. You'd have to like put it over a fire and then pour it into a bath. And I don't know how, like we just have this yeah. continually clean water that, yeah, brings incredible comfort awesome. i mean i can go with many things without life just give me hot water yeah like that's one of the one of my favorite things okay and so when we say the, oh, i got one for you okay okay here's a word for you uh discovery or possibility or possibility okay tithe oh i like that <laughs> um okay so tithe uh as far as i'd say possibility so tithing would be um when i give to the Lord of my, what we call first fruits, then there's that possibility, that discovery of what God is going to bring to me because I was faithful. And so he in turn is going to be, he'd shower his blessings on, on you for being faithful. Cause that's what God does. He's, he's just so loving and Great. fun. Investment. Love it, huh. Krista. You know, again, it is an investment. It's an investment into the kingdom. It's an investment into ministry um, sacrificial, Laura, that's good too. And what else? Partnering with the kingdom. Love it. All right. So we're going to stay on this path of, of discovery and possibilities. And perspectives. Uh, it, well, it leads into perspectives. Okay. So let's start right back from the beginning. Let's start with, and God created. Because this is the moment of first discovery where God creates, but what did he create? And you sit there and you, you see that, oh, well, God created the universe. He created humans. He created animals. He created all of these things that we see. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing is, you, you can be limited by the things that you think that you see. Um, but God, not only on that day one, did not, he didn't only just create these physical things. He created the physical, which are seen and unseen things. Mm -hmm. And then he created the spiritual which are generally thought to be unseen and then sometimes seen. It does happen. But the two kind of are the inverse of one another. Mm 
physical, seen, but there's unseen elements in the mm -hmm. physical. Mm -hmm. And then spiritual, unseen, with some seen elements into that. So each one of us is we're created and we enter this world, we're born into ignorance. We're born into not knowing anything. You sit there and you need to learn how to be responsible yeah. in every stage of life. So whether it's, you know, it was a big moment. I remember the first moment that our children um, learned how to poop on the toilet. <laughs> Like that was a major moment. It was exciting. And it for was them. celebrated. It was celebrated. We, we all celebrated, celebrated together as it was a coming to moment. It was a, a moment where you had discovered something and that discovery led to a change of possibilities. And that possibility for a child is I'm becoming, I'm growing up. Mm -hmm. I'm, be, I'm maturing in this process of life. Mm -hmm. And in all of this stuff, mm -hmm. when you're born into kind of ignorance and nothing, you're also created with infinite possibility mm -hmm. that God has already pre-worked within us the ability to reason, the ability to think, the ability to process. Like the things that children learn in their first bunch of years is absolutely incredible. To think that you could learn a brand new language within a year and a half, two years, mm -hmm. and start to really communicate outwards like that would be difficult at our age if I had to go and learn mm -hmm. you know a completely different if I had to learn Chinese that would be difficult so we go into these discovering things you go from nothing with great potential into what's the possibility once I discover it right so I want to talk a little bit about the physical journey first and then we'll go into the spiritual journey right so in the physical journey, why do we start with the physical journey? Because the physical journey is the things that you, you can see. You can They're tangible. They're right in front of you. They're easier to digest. And so I'm going to tell you about one of my moments and, and how it evolved to multiple steps, leading me from the seen to the See, unseen. Okay. So I'm going to go on a strange little path. I'm going to go down to a mathematical spot because I am an engineer and I think logically so... Um, go for it, babe. Here we go. So <laughs> in grade six, I learned two-dimensional planar geometry. And so we're not going to get much more advanced than this. We're not going to scare people for mathematics. But in planar geometry, if you guys can remember of doing a right triangle, which is just straight down, across, and back up. And in a right triangle, all of the angles in 2D all add up to 180 degrees. That's right. And in the two-dimensional space, that rule, once you discover that, wow, 100% of the time, the angles will always, no matter what, I could be on the other side of the world, I could be in Asia, I could be in India, I could be in Europe or Africa. Guess what? The rules are the same. In, in any, any <laughs> planar geometry exists. Always works. And it always, always works. works. So as long as you're in two-dimensional space. And that's a great little lesson. And, you know, I don't really think much about it. In mm -hmm. school, you kind of just receive these things and it's something to learn and you continue on in life. Mm -hmm. Then they get to university. Yep. And in university, I'm, I'm becoming an engineer, civil engineering. And one of the first things my professor did, I go out and we're going to do a actual in-field lab first because it's a discovery moment. And the professor says to us, he goes, okay, guys, I want you to go out there. And you remember that planar geometry that you remembered? 
Okay, real simple. You're going to go and put it three points, but it's going to be really, really far away. And you're going to take your survey equipment. You're going to shoot the one spot, go and shoot the next spot, go and shoot the next spot. And as you turn it, there is a closing of the survey, and it should be the three angles add up to 180. So we all go out there. There's a group of 40 of us or so, and we do it. And we have this weird thing that happens that it actually doesn't work. 2D didn't work out there. The laws that happened everywhere else in life didn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And did they not work? Was it untrue, everything that I had learned previous to that? No, it was still true. What it was is we discovered or I discovered something brand new. I discovered the element of 3D. And in 3D, the one thing that we had to do is we had to fix our mathematical equation for the curvature of the earth when it's taken so far over. And once you fixed going from length to width yep. to length, width times height, the mathematics would work. So those are all things. See, we can all see length, width, and height, which is 3D. Yep. Okay. So this, this is, I'm going to go just slightly take this one step up in science, but I promise this will be the, the last bit of science that I, I run with this is that, so these things are easily seen, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about a physical element that is unseen, that is truth, and you can discover it, and you discover the unseen things always by the word inference. You see the effect of something, and when it's consistent, you've discovered a new law. Like something, ah, that? that's exactly what I want to talk to, is the object here is like, why did that fall down? every single time it's consistent wherever you go it doesn't matter where in the world mm -hmm. it always falls now this when you drop on the moon actually won't fall like that there's something that's been discovered and that is a thing called gravity but <laughs> this gravity thing here is invisible you can't see it but you can infer it and by the effect on objects you can discover something that's invisible it's, it's so awesome. So me as being an engineer, I got so excited. I could figure out how can I throw a ball and I could actually calculate that with the velocity and the energy I put into it, where it would land with the other forces all working at it. So this, it became discoverable. It was a moment of discovery. And what it did is it led to possibilities. Every time that I learned, and I remember my mother saying this to me, um, I went into university yeah. I thought I knew everything. I was at that 19 years old range. Sometimes you still think you know everything. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> hey, there was definitely an ignorance there as being a 19-year-old, and you think you know everything. And, I, and going into university, after I graduated from the four years there in the engineering, my mother asked me, so what have you learned? And what I discovered was that I actually knew very little, and it had greatly humbled me and so the discovery, the learning mm -hmm. had changed me from a prideful person into a more humble person. I was amazed at the breadth of, of information that you could continue to discover. And every time I would discover something, new possibilities would open up. Example, I went through civil engineering and I learned how to not just create, say, a, a house, but I learned how to build a bridge yeah. or I learned how to create mechanical parts to fly a plane, all these discoveries to lead yeah. you to do neat things. Yeah. So we get into this now unseen principle. See the Lord created 
the spiritual realm as well. And the spiritual realm actually is discoverable. It's discoverable through inference, the same way we discover many of God's created other orders through inference. You can't see it. You know, it reminds me of the scripture that says that all of creation testifies to the goodness of God. Mm, Yes. It's inferred. His goodness is inferred by all of creation, the trees, the sun, the rain, the wind, you know, the flowers, the grass, the smells. And I, and I, I, I love how he's created us all different because when Tabitha sees God through a completely different and her discovery to God is completely different from my discovery. When Tabitha talks about the smells, the greenery, the earth, <laughs> I instantly go into statistical mathematical models in my mind. And I think, okay, well, if the earth and how it's put together, if you took one of those missing parts out, it just wouldn't work. Like if you took the sun out, photosynthesis stops, everything dies. Whether you eat plants or animals, everything gets their energy from the sun through the photosynthesis. And you take out, example, the moon out of that equation, well, all of a sudden you don't get even warmth because the lunar cycles actually warm and keep that's part of keeping the earth warm. Mm -hmm. So taking one thing out of the thing to me leads me to God because I, it's impossible. The statistical analysis on that, it's like I would win the lotto 100,000 times in a row. It's, it's just not possible. Right? So I'm discovering these little moments with God. And I just want to, I, I want to take that and flip it now. Let's okay. do the inverse. Yeah. Okay. So on the spiritual side, generally invisible, God is spirit. And, and we're going to adventure down that a little bit and talk about who God is, the nature of God and, mm-hmm. and, and what is he. But I want to talk to you about my discovery first, because it opens possibilities. It opens your mind to what is possible. So I was a little mischievous child. And I, I was high energy, always, still are high always energy. high energy. And going to church was not the moment of awesomeness that I looked forward to in the day. Uh, every Sunday, churches that we went to, we went to multiple churches growing up. But I, I had um, two brothers and a sister. And we're all, the Feldman family's got a lot of energy. And we would go to generally churches that were had great order and were quiet. And so... My parents really struggled keeping these four energy children quiet. And um, I was usually the worst of them. I was always wanting to do something. And so my parents figured out, well, if we stick Jeff underneath the pew and give him some crayons (laughs) and he draws, he's usually probably good. He probably can make one sermon. So, but sometimes, you know, you don't play well in the sandbox with your brother. And I want, I want, I want the crayon that he's got. And so we start taking uh, the crayons from each other and we make noise and then we get in trouble. So the church experience growing up as a young child was not always something that was warm and fuzzy and, and uh, something that I really wanted to be a part of. Is that why you feed the children popcorn in your classrooms? I love to feed the kids popcorn. Micah's saying hi to Mr. Jeff. Hi, Micah. It's so good to see you on board. And uh, I can't wait to see you guys again. And yes, I'm going to spoil you guys with presents and popcorn and all of my gifts <laughs> that I love to give because that's one of my love languages. So church was not something that I would uh, generally want to do. And then when I hit kind of the coming of age, age 12, 
I had another friend that I really respected. His name was Seven Chung. Loved him. And he was a high energy guy too. But he was able to, when we would go into, I went to a Christian school and we would do this thing called chapel. And chapel was like church, just mm-hmm. in a high school. And I was always distant and would never engage. I was the guy who would sit at the back of the room and joke and maybe throw airplanes at people and stuff. And I watched my friend one day engage in worship. And what he did was he closed his eyes and worship was on. And he just, he put his arms up like this. And he went to this place that was just so peaceful. And I just stared at him just in awe. Like, where did this guy go? And my buddy that's always high energy is, is just, so I, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try this thing. And I, I, I was so worried about what I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to close one eye and keep that eye of everybody looking. Then I close the other eye, like open it. Nobody's looking. So then I close. I go, okay, I'm going to try this. And as I got to this point where I was imitating my friend, just watching him as he was a great role model. Boom, I have this moment where all of a sudden as my eyes are closed and my hands are raised like this, the world around me changed. And coming in, I see this glowing light that is like the sun. You can't look into it. It's so bright. But through the sun, a hand comes out from this moment. And the hand grabs my hand and pulls me. Mm -hmm. And it pulls me up and I start dancing with this ball of light. Mm-hmm. as I'm 12 years old and as I'm dancing around, I'm having this, just this incredible time, this time of great peace, joy, laughing, but I have the Peter moment and the Peter moment as Peter stepped out and walked on the water and he's walking on the water. And then all of a sudden he's like, Hey man, I shouldn't probably be doing this. <laughs> and all of a sudden you sink. That moment comes where the reality of your physical world butts up against the spirit Mm -hmm. and your doubt sinks in. And what happened with me is I'm like, whoa, this is not normal. What is going on? And it was gone. Mm -hmm. I'd step out of the spiritual, that other dimension, just like gravity. You can't see, we can't see this extra dimension, the spirit dimension. It's not natural to see it nor step into it, at least as a newborn growing up. Maybe it's something that happens to certain people more often, but it's not natural as the new. It's to be Mm -hmm. learned just as we learn all of these other things that we've talked about. So there's a point of discovery of the Lord, our creator, God almighty, and he is discoverable. And I would like us to talk about this. What are some of the things that we can discover together How can we discover these things with the Lord? Well, just a reminder that we are currently in Deeply Rooted, and this is our last time on Deeply Rooted. And we are going to quickly just sum up, but also drive to a point of you cannot basically be transformed and you cannot be deeply rooted. And as we move into productive, you cannot be Um, reproductive without one particular thing. And that is the Holy Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit. And hence the the physical realm and the spiritual realm that you just walked us through your engagement with it. When I approached the Lord 
And I approach him from a place of panic, a place of fear, anxiety, stuff like that. The Lord said to me once, he said to me, I want you to approach me from a new man perspective and not an old man perspective, because I've already dealt with your old man. And so today we're going to talk about the difference between the old man perspective, the physical, what we are born into, and the new man perspective that God has already attained, and how it changes and transforms not only our mindsets and our hearts involvement, but also our expectations and moves us towards a place where we are overcoming by being deeply rooted. Yes. This is the new birth experience or being what they call born again. Which Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus about this. And you can find that story. And I think it's John chapter three. Yes. John chapter three. And I'll just quickly reference it where Jesus says to Nicodemus, Truly, I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And this is where you're going from a two-dimensional plane geometry to a multi-dimensional 3D. Understanding. understanding, A new new discovery of the Lord. A new discovery. And and so this is what Jesus is saying. You You can't see the new discovery of depth if you function on this one plane. Right. And so then he goes on to say, truly, I tell you, and this is verse five, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Then Jesus goes on to say to Nicodemus, because he's like, how can this be? And Nicodemus says, you are a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things. You know, truly, I tell you, we speak about what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe How will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? These things are so important. As we sit there, there's an expectation that the Lord actually requires of us to, for those that are mature, because this was supposed to be a teacher of Israel. Nicodemus was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He was on the high council. He was on the inner circle of the ruling people that were meant to deliver the word of God to the people. And he, Jesus basically said, you're like a baby. Mm-hmm. You don't even understand the simple things of the spirit and the spirit. This is why I brought in the science for a guy like me. That's so logical that needs, I need the math equation to make this thing work for me to see that the rest of life all around us are not possible unless somebody took that step of faith and discovered things unseen through inference. Mm-hmm. And so walking and growing your spiritual walk is achievable. It is discoverable, but just like a newborn baby, and just as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you got to work at this, kiddo. You, you, there's a responsibility that I want you to grow up as any good parent would want their child to grow up. That's true. 
he is trying to teach us. So Tab, teach us about this. What is the old man and what is the new man? So the old man, the best way to, to teach this is out of, out of Galatians, actually. So I'm going to turn to Galatians chapter five, because it talks about the old man and the new man in different ways. And this is where I would like everybody to, um, once again, discovery, possibilities, and perspective. If you keep those three key words in there, because we're discovering something new. Some people have already discovered many spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And then, but there are people that will be listening here that this is weird. This is strange language. And some have already discovered it and forgotten it and need to be reminded. Yeah, we all, we all do. Yeah, you know, like the Lord it. saying to me, don't approach me. Don't approach, don't, please don't approach me from an old man perspective. Approach me from a new man perspective. I'd rather have the conversation with you about the new man perspective. And so the old man perspective, in my mind, is when we are born into this world, right? We are struggling to find our place in this world. And when I look at the old man, when I look at what the old man comes with, there is a lot of tension, a lot of stress, a lot of wrestling things out or efforts that we need to do. There is a system of chaos that we're constantly trying to bring order to. When I look at the new man perspective, it's totally different. It's actually flipped around and everything is already done. It's a matter of not really trying to accomplish as it is about believing. So the old man is what we're born into. It's this physical realm, but it's it's a fallen state. It's a temporary state. Mm-hmm. And this is a very, maybe I could, could I say selfish? Um, it's very me focused, very centered on me. And this new man is this God breathed something new, this spirit. There's something that God gives you or breathes into you and it's not about me yet it is but it's that focus thing it's that it's no longer selfish it's unselfish am i hearing this right yeah listen to the scripture okay galatians 5 and starting in verse 16 i say then walk by the spirit so the new man is spirit led okay It is birth of the spirit, just like in Nicodemus, born of water and then born of spirit. So we've got these two contrasts. Okay, so walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. Now, every baby, when they are growing in their mother's room, is concealed in water. Now, there is also two baptisms, which we're not going to talk about today. There's baptism water and baptism of fire, which can be inferred by Nicodemus in Jesus's conversation. But I'm going to talk about physical things, natural things. So in the physical, every baby is concealed in water. When they are born, they come through water. Water bursts in order for them to be born. So in this particular conversation, we're not going to talk about baptisms, but we are going to talk about being born of water, which is born of flesh. Okay, because that's what we're born in. This reality is flesh based. And then Jesus says there is another birth and that is born of spirit. And this is what he's addressing here that Paul is addressing in Galatians. I say then walk by the spirit since you're born of spirit. And this is for those who have received the sacrifice of Jesus 
and the acknowledgement of what he's come to do for us. And we are followers of Christ. This conversation is for the follower of Christ. If you're not a follower of Christ, that's a different conversation to have. We need to unpack this differently. But we're actually talking to the followers of Christ right now. And so walking by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is against the spirit. There is this war against those things. If I take your two-dimensional geometry and I say, go and make the big triangle, but now you discover there's another element. There's something was warring with the equation and that was the depth portion of it. You were dealing with the curvature of the earth, which actually affected your plane geometry equation. Yes, I had a lack of knowledge that couldn't get me there. And I had to have a discovery moment to realize that I was missing something. Right. So when we approach the things of the spirit from a two-dimensional plane of physicality, call it the flesh, we will constantly not understand the things of the spirit. Right. So that so actually the old man and the new man, there's a struggle. There's an inherent tension um, between the two because they're not one in the same. They're somehow different dimensional. It's something different or like gravity. It's different. You don't see it. There's something more going on. To see the screen, I know right now, when I look at the screen that people are typing, but I cannot read what they're saying. I can't. In order for me to become aware of what is going on over there, I require these. Once I put these on, I am able now to see and engage Krista writing, wow, the influence we have by just modeling our faith. You know, I can't see that without my glasses. It's blurry. It's confusing. And it's a discovery moment again. But then with these, it's clear. Without this, this would be my flesh. With these, for example, this would be my spirit because I'm able to now discern these things out. And so let's continue here because this is really, really important to distinguish the difference between the old man. Yeah, and that's, the new that man. was my question. How do you know the difference? Is there something that's got to happen for me to be a new man? Again, to be the new man, to be born of the spirit, you must engage with Jesus. And you must be born again in order to have the new man. Right. Which we will discuss. But, well, I'm going to start with the old man. So for the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. They're in contrast to each other. And they have different perspectives. They have different purposes. They have different identities. They function from different ways. And they revolve around two different places. They are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want to do. Okay. But you end up doing what you don't want to do. And so if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So it says then, what are the, the works of the flesh? And it talks about sexual immorality, moral impurity, uh, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar to that. All those things that you just read are all things that that felt negative when you were reading it, and it has consequences that are serious. Right. Continually lead they, to strife, lead to brokenness, lead to. end up breaking things down like i'm sorry i'm going to rip this but what it does is it it tears Tears. things down you know whether it be strife brings consequence to relationship um sexual immorality takes it further idolatry you know it doesn't matter which one it is the the elements of the flesh are breaking down and we see that in the world because we encounter death 
And this is actually, we hear it say that this is sin, but what is sin? Well, sin is actually our self yes. in need. Yeah. As when, I, and I get that self, in, self need. in need. When my need supersedes my care about your needs, that's when I become selfish and my selfish actions destroys and breaks down relationship. It is based in negativity, unfortunately. It is a negative lens. Not one of these things in here were positive lenses in the ways of the flesh. So the old man functions from what I'll call an orphan spirit. Because in the orphan spirit, when you do not have a mother and you do not have a father, you are in need and craving for affection and attention yeah. and protection and all of that other stuff, provision. And the orphan spirit is functions from a, a lens of lack. And when I approach God in that way, I am begging and pleading, but believing that he is busy with somebody else. Another way to say it is I don't have a place of rest or a home with people or with God. One of the treasures of this particular month, I mean, I, it was very unfortunate that we had friends deal with COVID. But yeah. one of the treasures of this month was actually live streaming from home. This was a lot more peaceful yeah. to me because this is our space and I feel safe here, you know, and, and so we could engage in things a little bit differently, which I absolutely love. So having a home and being at home where you feel free to be you is a key indicator, of whether or not, if you have that place, whether or not you are walking in sonship, which I'll call the new man, or whether or not you're functioning in orphandism, orphan spirit, which is, I'm going to call the old man, because the old man is lacking. And the old man is subject to the law. It's about how much energy I have to muster up to be perfect. Well, in the new man, Jesus has already done everything for us. And so what it says in the scriptures throughout the whole book is that the old man is in need. It needs God's intervention, can't attain to reach God. So God comes down to be with man and to do what? Make a way to clothe them, to restore them in right relationship with God, to yeah. sonship. For those that believe he is given the right to become the sons of God. That is direct, intentional, intimate language here. And then scripture goes on to say that he gives us the spirit in order to empower us in our sonship. So just to recap what you said, so the old man was in lack. The old man, he never had enough. But yet, if you flip that perspective, the new man in Christ being selfless versus selfish, mm -hmm. that selflessness had a fulfillment. There was always enough with the Lord. There always is enough with the Lord. There was, you mentioned the word sonship. There's this perspective about who God is, but how do we discover who God is? Give me a little bit more about the positive side of that equation, because I think the old man comes very natural to us. We can all speak really negative words to ourselves really easy. It's well, just, just it's, it's turn really on the easy. television and the news is all negative based. It's, it's very, it's there around us. But let's go to the thing that is the discovery moment where we're trying to. What is the new man? So the new man is the birth of the spirit. 
And in the birth of the spirit, it is equipped by the spirit of God. So scripture says that we are seated in heavenly places with God once we believe, have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. We are seated there with him. And so you've got three people seated together. We are in the perspective of a heavenly place with a heavenly perspective lacking nothing. Our sins have been atoned for, covered. We are righteous before the Lord. He's not angry with us. In fact, his countenance has always been one that embraces gentleness. And so I'm going to quickly go to what New Testament says. Now, this is also mirrored in the Old Testament with Moses when he asked to see the glory of God and God hides him in the cleft of the rock. I think that's in could, 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 could I, 33. Let's very quickly. Do we have enough time? I'm not sure that we have enough time. So we'll just we'll we'll direct people to it. It's an it's an Exodus. Exodus, Exodus 33, Exodus yeah. 34. One of the coolest stories and, and, and just to say one thing about it, why is it so cool? It is the first time that the Lord God, our creator, actually identifies his core personality. Who is he? He defines, he says to Moses, the Lord, the Lord. And this is God speaking, God Almighty, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but by no means clearing the guilty. So God is incredible, loving kindness, steadfast, merciful. And you see that in Jesus as he walked on the earth. But then when you get to Galatians, it picks up on this and expands on this in Galatians by talking about the fruit of the spirit. This is the spirit manifest in us. And it says what this, the fruit of the spirit or the character of the spirit, which is the spirit of the father is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And where is that in Galatians? Galatians 5, verse 22, is talks about the spirit. Can you just say those one more time? Because those were very powerful. And from the perspective of the new man, this is what you're saying, is that these are the things that my perspective should be focusing in on to become more Christ-like. Right, because we are learning how to be in every moment with God because this is all about being sensitive to him. So doing this, it's an intention yeah, it when we are sensitive yeah. to love, to joy, to peace, to patience, to kindness, to goodness, to faithfulness, to gentleness, to self-control. The spirit grows in us. And now we move our, from a lens of negativity to a lens of positiveness, where there is nothing lacking, nothing impossible. We are no longer an orphaned. We are now functioning in sonship right here beside God, where everything and anything is possible. And we've got the faith and the hope to believe. And every one of those words, when you read them, just like previously, when you read those other ones, it led me to a negative, broken down feeling of like shame and consequences. When you read each one of those, I was uplifted. I felt encouragement. I felt this desire to do more and to grow and to become something better. So deeply rooted is moving out of the negative orphan breakdown 
where you don't have a home and you're fearful from everything, you've got to protect everything to this place where you are in sonship and you have a home, you have a place of belonging and you're not alone and everything is there. Everything you need is right there. And so we learn how to be in the moment with God because everything is about being sensitive to him, right? So in other words, if I could sum this up really quickly, and I'll use healing as an example, because we do have people that are dealing with stuff. And, it's relative to and, the moment. And I have said battling. People have been battling. Well, here we go. In the position of sonship, in everything that God has done or in the new man position, we are well people fighting off sickness. But in the position of the old man or orphaned mindset, we are sick people trying to get well. No, that's well said. I'll say that again. Yeah. One more time. In the old man perspective, we are sick people trying to get well, but in the new man perspective, We are well people fighting off sickness. Hmm. One is trying to muster up energy to overcome. And there's always the possibility of losing. And the other is that we are already established in health. Yes. And our health is guaranteed. We are just battling sickness. This really changes your expectations expectations are huge. And so this is the thing, what you expect or your expectation of God or going back to the very beginning, how we all started this deeply rooted with Jesus saying, what do you say? Like, who do you say that I am? Your expectation. If you have an expectation of being homeless, not having a home at orphanism, then you will manifest sin or self in need. And if you have a home and you qualify under sonship, you have that belief system. Your expectation is for the father to rescue you at any moment, the kingdom to break forth. So what our job is to do is to recognize our expectations. What am I expecting? Because that will tell me if I'm functioning an old man or new man. Am I begging for God's attention or am I confident of his his affection and, and attention? And your understanding of who God is is the fundamental question, I think, that underlines that whole thing. Right. And that's the question that he was asking. And that that is the key thing. Because when we know who God is, we can allow him to break into our circumstances. Our circumstances no longer define our emotional state of being, whether or not we're functioning in love, whether or not we're functioning in joy. It has no bearing on our joy because joy is already in us. You know, it has no bearing on how much God loves us. It has no bearing on our peace, our circumstances. We retain that peace and we retain the patience. We function in kindness despite our circumstances. We are functioning in goodness, in faithfulness, in gentleness and exercising self-control because we align who God is into our circumstance. And like I said at the very beginning, when we started this journey at the beginning of the month, when we encounter trials and tribulations, the question is, God, who do you want to be for me in this moment that you couldn't have been outside of this moment? And I know this, we couldn't really, don't have the time to explore this 
very much. You could more. definitely talk There's about this for so hours. Richness this is so here. much here. If you have not tried to discover within this manual of life the depth of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, mm. faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a wonderful journey. The scripture is out of James. James 1, 2 to 4. Consider all circumstances as being joyful, knowing this. The testing of faith produces patience and guarantees we will become fully mature and lacking nothing. Fully mature and lacking nothing. So it started out with trials. So trials can be actually a good thing for us. Like we saw with Jaden in in those tough times and and Jaden being removed and Jaden purposing himself to explore God. And then the trial of busting through that anger thing for Jaden was really hard. If we go to Jen and Phil and we look at the development of trust through the trials of what do I do with this house? There's no finances. And God's saying, trust me, you know, put your house up for rent and how that exercise these things. When we look at prayer, when we look at soaking in the presence or resting in the presence of the Lord, when we look at journaling, when we look at all of the things we've talked about this month. It comes down to this, two lenses, orphaned and lack, negative, alone, helplessness, helplessness, or here where we are functioning in sonship, where we have everything is present and at our disposal. The kingdom of God is at hand, ready to break in because we know who God is and who he wants to be for us in the circumstances of our trials and our tribulations because life is hard. The flesh will continue to get bruised. It reminds me of the, it's so sensitive to me in the scriptures is, is the words God is with you or I am with you Mm -hmm. is if you don't know who God is, that doesn't have much meaning to you. But when you do a little bit of work, do a little bit of discovery, open up that Bible and discover who God is. Exodus 34 is a wonderful spot to start if you've never done it and see who God declares himself to be because he's love, gracious, he's for you. And when God is for you, and the key is you got to align yourself mm-hmm. into the way he is. You're entering into his kingdom. But when you start to align yourself and start to see as the new man and you become in Christ forgiven, then there's victory. There's this overcoming but the trials and tribulations are still be there. Jesus himself said, I have not come to basically, I'm not removing trials and tribulations from you because what it said there in James is it, it produces this wonderful fruit in you. We're just not here for this life. We're eternal beings. We're here forever. Mm-hmm. And the spirit realm is ready to be discovered. Yes. So let's recap, Jeff, your three words at the very beginning that led us to a game. So discovery. Keywords. Possibilities, possibilities and perspectives yes. in every situation and to remember that the spiritual realm or sonship new manness is ready to be discovered but it requires a shift in your perspective so be aware be aware of your expectations they will indicate what perspective you are functioning in and if your perspective changes from old man to new man the possibilities are endless and you now align yourself with the goodness of god or who god is 
in every situation. And that's how we overcome. That's how we grow deeper. That's how the spirit of God in us, which is the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, can flush forward and manifest in our mind, in our heart, through our words, how we see, what we hear, what we touch, how we walk. It affects every part of us. And so we must protect our peace. And, and in that, just so this is not just word speak, the, the old man is very independent. Yes. And it's he's a lone ship trying to do it all on your own. And if you're a lone ship trying to do it on your own, you're operating in the old man, the old flesh. Now, this is shifts some people is that the new man, the place of victory, peace, prosperity, being with the Lord, all of that is fully dependent upon God. So it's not just words. All of this leads to relationship. And in the relationship, it's the almighty in him, breathed in him is where the victory is. Mm -hmm. So you're not creating this by speaking it. Oh, I'm going to think this and declare it. No, no, it's in the relationship with the Lord. And through that, he gives the victory. He brings those other things that come with the new man. So I showed this to you guys last time. This is by Jack Frost, who did the Father's Heart teaching. And this is a devotional book, a daily devotional book called Experiencing the Father's Love. It just so happens that today's devotional... August 1st, conflicting spirits. And so here we go. Today, as in all ages of human history, two spirits are in constant conflict on the earth for our hearts. The first of these is the spirit of sonship, which we can also call the spirit of Isaac, Abraham's heir, the son of promise. People possessed of this spirit live life as if they have a home. Their destiny is sure and secure. In conflict with the spirit of sonship, which we talked about from Galatians is the flesh, is the orphan spirit, which causes people to live life as if they don't have a home. This is the spirit of Ishmael, who was Abraham's natural son by Hagar, his wife's handmaid, who was not included in the inherited promise to Isaac. Isaac grew up blessed and lived in anticipation of his inheritance. Ishmael and his mother were sent away. It goes on to say, this describes the orphan spirit, independent, hostile, contentious, with no sense of home, belonging, or of being a son, which sounds a lot like the flesh. Yeah. Quite often, the natural foreshadows the spiritual. In other words, Earthly events frequently reflect heavenly realities, revealing what is happening in the spirit realm. We are so thankful for everybody who joined us on this long weekend. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his countenance shine upon you. May he grant you peace and may you know the depths of his love for you. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and, and chase the discovery moment. It takes action, followed up with some action, discover something, and then shoot a video. <laughs> <laughs> Until next Sunday. Much love, guys. Yeah, we'll see awesome. you later. Bye -bye. Have a good day.